Today I want to start off by talking about SAPs, SAP. For those of you not familiar, SAP is either a world leading provider of enterprise resource planning software or a football team owner. I don't know, Google it. Anyway, the 40 year old Christian Klein is the CEO and he's been there 20 years. And I think Christian has two things to teach us today. Number one, for capacity building in all its forms, consistency is key. No doubt Christian's a high IQ and focused person, but there are plenty of those. The reason he's CEO of a company with over 100,000 employees at just 40 years of age is because after two decades at SAP, he's not only the person who understands how the ecosystem works, but perhaps more importantly, has consistently delivered on his commitments. And in a company this large, the only way you can do that is by knowing who can help get things done and have sufficient social capital with them to enlist their support. In large orgs, you don't need to know how to do something, you just need to know who does. It's the up and coming Christians no religious pun intended, that you need to connect with if you're looking to create and execute enterprise-grade transactions that look like telephone numbers more than they look like order values. LinkedIn gives us a good insight to people like Mr. Klein. You'll see increasing responsibility and in global orgs, movement across divisions, which indicate that most likely the person's valued for more than technical expertise. In fact, a broader capability. It's these people we want to appeal to. The way to do that is by offering unique insights that they can champion as their own to drive change within the organization and to make their star shine even brighter. So for the career minded of you who find yourself uninspired to stay with a single company for 20 years, how do you continue to build your capacity and capability as you move from company to company? The answer is focus. Put a stake in the ground in terms of the core competence you're building, which could be in an industry vertical like healthcare or a function like marketing, HR or sales. And if you think about the function, you should be con uh, conscious about whether you're looking to be deeply technical, very capable at that function, or if that is simply the lane you're swimming in as you take on more responsibility. And moving from company to company, it's helpful to be layering on experience so that you can combine technical excellence with vertical or horizontal knowledge. And for me, the technical was finance and the horizontal was sales. Now, for lesson number two, which is something that's near and dear to my heart, last year Christian famously left the hospital where his wife was about to give birth to their second child to speak at a press conference. And by the time he got back, he missed the birth of his daughter by 10 minutes. And this brought flashbacks for me from my time at Salesforce, when in 2006, I was writing an RFP response right up until the last minute when my daughter was born. And what I thought about then and what Christian's story makes me think about now is that the tech industry has become what Wall Street was known for in the 80s, a kind of gold rush where the brightest young things head straight out of college and burn the candle at both ends, while hopefully banking enough coins so that they can go off and do more meaningful things and enjoy the leisure activities that they would have done if they weren't working 12 and 14 hour days all the way through the weekend because that's what's expected in the norm. It feels timely to remind ourselves of a couple of things. Almost every venture-backed founder I've met and the vast majority of tech CEOs are going to wax lyrical about how we're all in this mission together and that we'll work hard and play hard before making intergenerational wealth. Well, guess what? They may not know it, but for the most part, they're leading you astray. The time for you is now, and if you look back after a year and all you have done is excel at work whilst neglecting all your other interests, then you will regret it. I know the appeal and excitement of the big win and the buzz around what we're doing. I've worked in tech for 25 years and I live in Las Vegas, for goodness sake. But after spending dozens, time with dozens of people 
who've been through this journey. I know that we all need to pay attention to how we're spending our time. In my 20s, I was fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with current and former Olympic athletes in Australia. And I found a very interesting phenomenon. Just like in startups, to make it to the Olympics or to be on the team of the latest hot startup, it takes commitment, focus, and everyone talks about the grind. Athletes talk about the idea that every minute they're resting, their competition is training. And venture is just like that. If a VC puts money into a company, they can be assured that another VC has made a similar investment and the race is on, which brings us back to Wall Street. There are two sides of every trade, the winners and the losers. And in tech, VCs are looking to find the company that's going to be number one or number two in the category. And just like in professional sport, all things being equal, those who work hardest will win. So this is why I have a love for the enterprise sub. You do have to work hard, but you don't have to make more dials and more emails. You just need to unearth the highest amount of value for your customer. The most talented developer is not the one who writes the most lines of code in an hour. It's the one who builds the highest value product. 10,000 lines of code or 10,000, 100,000 lines doesn't come into it. All right, directors obviously getting bored. So my call to action to you today is twofold. Have a think about what you're learning or experiencing that will allow you unique insights that deliver outsized value. If you're in sales and all you're doing is learning tips, tactics and tricks for getting a meeting or progressing a deal, it'll only take you so far. You'll ultimately regress to the mean where you're trading hours for dollars. My suggestion is to make a plan so that you can be rewarded based on impact, which translates to deal sizes, not deal volume. So to close out, let me offer you a career acceleration suggestion for those of you not ready yet to sell these massive enterprise deals, which I define as seven figures and up. Right now in this minute, Oracle and SAP are still on a tear trying to reach down into the mid-market because by definition, Fortune 500 is a limited addressable market. Many of you are extremely well positioned to sell SAP and Oracle solutions to scaling startups because you've been on the inside. You can take your functional solution expertise in finance, HR, sales, whatever, and be very appealing to SAP or Oracle as a person focused on scaling companies because you understand the culture and speak the language of startup. To be fair, if you're a SASE alum, you'll have an incredible network of introducers as well. If you aspire to eventually sell to enterprise, there's nothing like working for one to understand the inner workings. And for those of you in a transition, this could be just the ticket for 2021. I worked for Hewlett Packard Enterprise and it was hugely more valuable to me than learning complex sales strategies alone. No longer is the bureaucracy of Fortune 500 an abstract concept. I actually experienced it firsthand. So until next time, keep weaving that cozy blanket of revenue that keeps us warm at night and I'll see you soon.